Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I am chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? I'm good, man. This is episode 137 of your favorite Airbnb STR, VRBO, um, you know, Share Economy Stuff podcast, mostly heavy on the STR. But um, we have some special guests today, don't we? Yes, we do. We have Rylan and Arthur Coker. If you don't know who Arthur is, I've been talking about him the last few weeks. He is the the owner of the creator, co-founder of StayFi, what I've been bragging about. And we also have Rylan on, and we will jump into what he does with his with Safi and what he does with his business. Welcome them to the show. Yeah. Welcome. Awesome. Good to so, be here. Rylan, your last name is Nelson? You got it. Okay, because he made it sound like y'all were a couple or something. Ryland and Arthur Coker. <laughs> oh, <I'm> <laughs> or brothers or something. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so yeah, we're excited to have you all on. Stayfi. Uh Michael's been talking a lot about this um Stayfi thing. Could you um, you mind telling us what StayFi is, Arthur? Yeah, so I'll give you a little history. Um, so I originally had a digital marketing company, and we worked with a ton of short-term rental managers like Ryland. Um, and all of our customers we work with, they had this persistent issue of where it was difficult to collect information from their guests so that they could market to them after the stay. So as you guys know, Airbnb, VRBO, Sometimes maybe you're able to get an email from the booker, but that's becoming even harder and harder. Uh, you definitely don't have access to data from all the other guests in the reservation. So like the five, six, seven, eight other people that are in that party. So we wanted to develop a solution so you could collect emails, names, even phone numbers from everyone staying in the properties. And the way that we do that is through branded Wi-Fi splash pages. So just like at an airport or hotel or coffee shop, where you have to log in through a branded splash page to access the Wi-Fi, all our customers use it to make sure all of their guests log in through a similar type of page in order to access the Wi-Fi. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah. I, I've um, I work at an airline, so I, f- I fly a lot. And every airport, they always, if you want to use their Wi-Fi, you got to log into their thing, and then they send you to their page. It's kind of like exactly. A, got to see their you know commercial first <laughs> and then yeah. you can start using their wi-fi and then it'll boot you off in about you know 15 20 minutes and you have to do it all over again and so i didn't know i guess yeah they were collecting my my emails the whole time email information the whole time huh yeah i mean they use it for different different purposes right but for our customers you know uh, getting everyone's email uh, in your Airbnb party means that you can contact them all during and after the stay to make sure they come back and book with you directly again. Love it. So, so Rylan, you, um, you said you have quite a few listings and you use uh, Stafe. I use it too, but I think you use it at a very large scale. Uh, can you kind of go over what, how, what your operation is and how you've been uh, implementing Stafe? Yeah. So um, we're up here in Fernie in Canada. Um, Over the past four years, uh, we've grown from the Airbnb in my condo to 100 listings. And uh, yeah, we've encountered a few problems uh, in our growth for sure. And one of them was, you know, as as Arthur talks about, we do want to drive the direct bookings. You know, it's better for the guests. It's better for us. It's better for everybody. And how can we communicate to them next time? Hey, you should book with us. 
Uh, we were, uh, you know, asking on Airbnb after they booked, hey, what's your email? Just in case Airbnb goes down, can we get that for it from you? Because as we know, you can't get it before they book or after they book. It's, it's kind of a short window to get that. Mm-hmm. And people didn't want to always give it up either. Uh, and you did only get that one email address. You didn't get your whole party who, you know, uh, that's going to be staying in your in your place. So another thing was we had a lot of problems with our Wi-Fi in these units. They're, the passwords are weird. The, um, you know, the Wi-Fi system that they have is just not working very well. Or, you know, you get these middle of the night calls and, oh, you just have to unplug it and plug it back in and all these issues. And I was trying to find, you know, what's an easier way. I don't want to do the tacky, you know, put the, you know, sticker on the fridge with the Wi-Fi information, which ends up, you know, changing. And then it's, you know, the wrong information. And I tried these, I don't know if you've ever seen them. There's those little like wooden blocks and you're supposed to like be able to like just tap your phone on it and auto join the network. Mm -hmm. I thought that was super cool. I ordered like six of those things and they just, they did not do what I wanted them to do. And they weren't even that cheap. So uh, I was down in New Orleans and bumped into Arthur and the StayFi program. And I was like, hey, this is, this could be the solution. I just plug in these wireless access points. We can, you know, eliminate the whole password thing. I can monitor the internet uptime, you know, before a guest gets there, we can recognize that there's a problem with the Wi-Fi and address it before they get there. And um, yeah, so I ordered up a few units. We trialed them in some some buildings and we've, we've skipped, we don't have them in all of our listings yet. I've kind of, you know, I'm working my way up there. We're up to about 40 uh, of the StayFi units in our properties. And it's some, yes, we've collected so many emails and our guests are loving, uh, you know, getting information about how to book direct next time at a lower price. And the support, uh, you know, Arthur likes to talk about his marketing side of thing and how that's the big benefit, but for Ma, that's great. Uh, but the Wi-Fi support issues uh, has, comp- you know, cut, we don't have any of those call outs anymore. Uh, guests are experiencing better Wi-Fi. This hardware is actually amazing. It's, you know, we have multi-unit buildings and so they're all meshing together and the guests can wander around in the building and still be on the same Wi-Fi network. Um, it's been, yeah, super valuable. Uh, I can't speak more highly of it. So with you having 40 of them, um, do you know what percentage like are your direct bookings up to now? Um, you know, I'm really more, I haven't pushed the direct bookings as strongly as I, as I want to. Um, I'm not, I'm not confident in my direct booking website. Uh, I think maybe I need to go through some of your podcasts and see, uh, you know, where I can get a better one. So we have, I'm kind of, I'm ready to do that. Uh, so right now it's kind of been, um, more passive marketing, you know, just getting our brand out there when people log in, they see it. Um, and we are building that database that we do market to from time to time when there's, you know, some availability we want to fill, but, um, I don't have those metrics about how, how much it's increased the direct booking, uh, because, and even if I did, I don't think it would really speak to how much better it could be. So, so, right. Um, Ryan, how does it work? I'm a guest. I go check in and, um, and I want to, you know, get on my laptop and get on the, get on the internet. So what do I, what do I have to do? Yeah, so, you know, we keep our uh, check-in instruction messages super uh, straightforward uh, with just the pertinent information, uh, Wi-Fi information being that right at the top next to the access code. 
Uh, and it says, look for the ferniedirect.ca open network and you don't need a password. You just need to enter your, your email name and email address to gain access. Um, it's, we've all experienced varying uh, levels of this kind of service in airports and uh, coffee shops. Uh, this one's super reliable. It doesn't boot you off after 15 minutes. Um, I think there's a 30 day timeout that Arthur kind of defaults these two. Yeah, it's 30 days. Yeah. Um, so we, yeah, then they're connected um, and it's super easy. Everybody just uh, pops in their email address and is automatically connected. We do have, you know, there is the odd device that doesn't like the splash page, some sort of weird, um, you know, gaming console or kids device or something like that. And when we encounter those situations, uh, we do have an admin, a regular uh, password protected admin network that we do give the guests uh, to connect those problem devices that may exist, uh, but that's pretty few and far between. Now, Arthur, um, here I guess here's what comes to mind because you said anybody can hop on as long as they put on their email address. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I'm if I'm renting like uh, I'm doing an arbitrage of an apartment right now, so and there's units that are really close by. As soon as you pull up Wi-Fi, you can see everybody's Wi-Fi. Now, what's stopping from the neighbors from hopping on on my Wi-Fi? You know, dragging dragging down the speed. Yeah. So when you go to create splash pages in the customer portal, you can place a password there if you'd like. So we typically recommend in a multi-unit situation, multi-family where you don't control all the units, then I would recommend having a password. If you're doing single family homes or like in Ryland's case, he manages the whole building, then you know a password's not really necessary. So it just depends what your situation is and whether you're gonna have a lot of other individuals around. I do see some people, they place an access point like by a pool like if they're in a complex. And in that case, they actually want everyone to join the Wi-Fi, even if they're staying at competitors' rental units. And they actually use that as a way to collect everyone's information and provide that service. We have a customer in Aspen that uses the technology in their office, which has like a shop in it. So while we don't forwardly market our service for like retail or other types of hospitality locations, we've definitely seen some crossover where customers that also operate those have placed them in those types of locations as there's no reason why it wouldn't also work there. Hmm. I yeah, purposely so. set mine up so anybody can connect to it and so I can market to them because you have to sign in, you get your email and phone yeah. number and the people next door or whatever, they, they got to put all that information in there. You can market to them. That's what I love about it. Yeah. So it, it just depends what your situation is. And then, you know, the splash page builder, you can have, as many splash pages as you want. So Ryland, he likes to have one splash page for all his properties. Other rental managers have a splash page for every different house. And that way you can control which ones have passwords and which ones don't. I can add uh, something, you know, about this around how our staff uh, can, you know, they connect to this network once and then their devices recognized um, in all of our properties. So our cleaner staff or myself going around, my, my phones are just automatically connecting to those networks, uh, which is super valuable. Um, another thing that I do, because we do not use passwords, is um, we, I can go through the you know, devices that have been connected and see when they were first connected and kind of figure out like, hey, there hasn't been somebody staying in this place for you know, 20 nights. 
And there you, this person's clearly not a guest. It's probably the neighbor. You can go and ban that device through the admin interface. Hmm. So yeah, there's, there's, if you, the pass, passwords aren't, uh, aren't fun for guests or uh, our administration staff to, or support staff for guests to deal with. So if we can avoid it at all costs, uh, you know, there's other ways to deal with the people poaching your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Ryan's more active user, so he takes some additional steps that I would say most customers don't. But uh, he can, you definitely have the power to do that. And you can monitor, you have a live view of all your Wi-Fi networks. So if you ever suspect there's too many guests in a property, you get a noise alert, you want to see what's happening there, you have the ability to look and log into the dashboard and get a better sense of what's happening in, in the property at any time. Oh, cool. So Ryland, with you having... You said you had, yeah, like you have a whole building. I think Arthur just said like you may have a whole building. Um, yeah. You put multiple access points in there for speed, or how do you handle that? Yeah, this this building's a bit unique. It's got central uh, hardwire internet that's provided, and each individual unit just needs to plug in an access point. So it's super easy for us to just plug the stayfi in, and every unit um, that we manage, we have about uh, thirty in this building, and. Yeah, we every unit has it, and they're all meshed together. So if one goes down, or if you know maybe they get a better signal from you know the other unit in the back corner bedroom, and the the devices will automatically just figure out which is the best one to connect to. Um, so yeah, much better Wi-Fi coverage for for our guests. Yeah. So in that case, it's just like he set it up like a hotel sets up the Wi-Fi. So there's like a central switch in the building, and it's providing kind of a business class wireless internet to all the or wired internet to all the units then you plug the access points in they all mesh with each other and then no matter if the units are meshed or not your device will always recognize it as the same wi-fi network so that's why you can even go from one house to another house and your device will continue to stay on the same wi-fi network uh, you can also like a lot of our customers uh not like Ryland, but they may have a multifamily, like like say five townhomes next to each other that are all have shared walls that have their own individual internet subscriptions. They'll actually and kind of have a wired wireless mesh, wired wireless mesh, wired setup. So especially for people that master lease uh, kind of units all next to each other, there is a great opportunity to actually save on your Wi-Fi or internet bill. Just by using that one access point. Okay, I like that. All right, I had a question for for you, Arthur, um, and it's it sounds like a strange question, and I'm not a, a super technical technology guy, um, but skip tracing is that possible with with y'all's with y'all's um, Stayfy? What what do you mean by skip like skip tracing? tracing? I guess I guess that's what it's called. Is okay. For example, I look up something on on the internet, and then I go to my Facebook or I go to my IG, and then all of a sudden I see all these commercials about that thing I looked up. You know what I'm saying? I don't know oh, if like that retarget retargeted ads. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you, yeah is yeah. that is that possible with your with your technology? Yeah, it actually. So we're actually launching um, next week. Well, you could always do that, and I can explain how that works. So the way that you would retarget someone on Facebook or Instagram is you would need a Facebook ad ads account, and you would create something called a Facebook pixel in your ads account. And if you place that pixel on any web page, you can then retarget those folks with an ad. And you can create some parameters around anyone the last 30 days on this page. Let's retarget them with an ad on Facebook, Instagram, 
and a few other properties that Facebook owns. Um, so we're about to launch the ability to insert the Facebook pixel into one of the splash pages so that you could retarget everyone with through those channels um, that comes through your splash page. Um, although a lot of our customers have that pixel sitting on their own website. Um, so in that case, we redirect all the traffic to your website and then you can retarget them based on that. But we're gonna add um, the ability to place it in the actual splash page as well very soon. Wow, that's game changer right there. Yeah, and we'll have some kind of like tutorial documentation around how to create a Facebook ad and a retargeting audience and a Facebook pixel as we recognize, you know, most people in the industry, especially people who aren't operating large businesses, they're not going to have a specialized digital marketing person that would know, you know, how to do all those things. So uh, we're planning to have that, you know, helping documentation as well. It's not hard to do uh, with some basic instructions. That's cool because, um, because yeah, I I definitely want to look into getting one of these things. And I know this whole show, I don't want it to sound like a like an infomercial or something. Yeah. Because we we you know, Micah reached out to you guys because he loves the product, and we're just you know we're just giving the our, our listeners some um, some great information how they can improve, especially because people you know after COVID everybody got pissed off at Airbnb because they canceled all of our bookings, whatever. And so that's why we want to. There's a there's a big migration to to direct bookings, and that's why what y'all y'all's product is so important. And yeah, yeah. I'll also say like the number one thing, I mean, there's a few things. So we can just talk about direct bookings broadly. I think a lot of people, you know, they don't realize how easy it is to have a direct booking website. So, uh, you know, that's one of the myths that we like to dispel. You don't need to invest in an agency to create one for you because just about every property management system now, whether you use Logify, Guesty, Owner, Res, you know, get uh, there's so many. Uh, they all come with like a pre-baked templated website. Like I know, Rylan, which one do you use again? That was Fantastic Stay. Yeah, yeah it was, Fantastic uh, Stay. Select the properties you want on it and put it live. It was yeah, five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So you just porter. you know you can. Yeah, your porter is another great one. Yeah, so you know you can use like go to Fiverr or Upwork, hire some graphic designer. They can make you a logo some basic stuff for a few hundred bucks and you can pretty much get all the assets you need to have a direct booking site. And then of course those channel managers are going to also connect with Airbnb and Verbo and booking.com. And then direct booking just becomes one of your kind of options that you have to push, you know, both new guests and repeat guests. Uh, so that's definitely the first thing. And we, you know, we typically would recommend most customers, unless they're very eager, would kind of take the step of having their own branded website before they, sign up for our service. And then I say the number, the second thing that we see that people need help with is on the email marketing side. Because uh, I think people get a little intimidated or maybe they've, you know, it's intermittent because they hired someone to do it part-time and that person leaves their company. And so they're not sending regular email uh, marketing messages. Uh, and so we have some services to help people with that as well. And, and I'm happy to talk a little bit more about that too, just so uh, it gives some good, pointers around how to email market effectively. I have a couple things on that. One, I love your integration with MailChimp and I haven't been yeah. on in a while. Do you guys have an integration with like uh, a texting company or is that in the works or do you guys have one? That's in the works. The texting is a little uh, invasive, right? So mm -hmm. we're really looking at, you know, uh, how do we integrate in a way where instead of it just 
like with email marketing, I think one of the issues we had is like we integrate with MailChimp and then people are like, well, what do I do with MailChimp? Because not a lot of people, maybe they haven't used the product. Do they want to set up a campaign, a template? Do they want to do an automation series, which we definitely recommend? Uh, I think with text marketing, we're going to kind of pre-bake it a little more. So it's kind of like you can send a welcome text. You can send like a marketing text after three months with a promotion code so that we're offering a few different options as opposed to like just having it like you can text them anything whenever you want because uh, then I think people might uh, abuse it or spam people and we want to make sure that's you know a really well-defined product that people understand. Can it send a message that their um, social security number is expired and they need to yes. call us right <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah, because if you abuse text marketing, people are just going to unsubscribe. And I'm sure you get a ton of spam. I get so many spam texts now. It's kind of gotten out of hand. Um, so we just want to be really thoughtful about how we approach that. I'm happy you brought that up because one of the things I'm struggling, because I do collect their phone number. And I was like, I was kind of iffy about it. I'm like, should I collect people's phone number? I mean, but people have been putting it in. They don't mind, but okay. Yeah, I know. I know Betsy. Pepin, who you had on your, your podcast earlier, she uses a product called Easy Texting, and she uploads all the phone numbers she collects into the product. And I know she does some text marketing. So you can definitely collect phone numbers through the platform and use them in the way that you want to. Um, but we definitely want to have some native texting uh, abilities or features. I think the other one that texting could be really good for is review generation. So like an automated, you know, how was your stay? one through five. And if they with five, then we can send a follow-up text to be like, hey, review us on, you know, Google, Facebook, you know, one of the places where anyone can review you, not just the, the booker. So the booker you still want to send to Airbnb or VRBO or those platforms, but for where you can get open, uh, you know, Google's a really good one since that will also help your search marketing results uh, for your own website. Um, you know, that's one that we want to help people collect reviews for because most guests won't review there on their own unless they have something bad to say <laughs> oh yeah and by the way a quick airbnb update they no longer give you the option to send emails so that's gone the mm. little email thing yeah it's wiped they just did yeah that. they're gonna move everything in their own platform because mm -hmm. exactly now especially now they're going public they can't they need yeah. to become as profitable as quickly as possible so all leakage needs to stop <laughs> I'm gonna go real quick and, and kind of on topic, but it, like like something that happened to me earlier this um, a few days ago, because because I got uh, I'm using a, a company to to do my to do my listing for me like for the first time you know I've always done it my my own stuff so I'm like okay mm -hmm. fifteen fifteen percent they're gonna run everything all right let's see let's see how they do anyways they were trying they were talking to one of the guests and trying <laughs> they. Long story short, he, they, they wanted him to cancel because this big booking came up. And so they're saying, hey, you know, you, you cancel and then you can book one of our other places, blah, blah, blah. And, and they're saying, well, just go to our website and book it. And he, they're doing all this in the Airbnb chat. And I'm like, oh, they're going to get me kicked off of Airbnb, man. And so, uh, so yeah, definitely I would not have I, – I, mean, I was just sitting there watching it all and like, oh, crap, I hope I don't get busted, man. And they're sitting there, yeah, go to this, you know, give us a call or go to this and you can book directly with us and save money. I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, I think Airbnb does not want that. And uh, they haven't told me nothing yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I say be careful because they're cracking down on that. I know two or three people that have been banned and they've been coming to telling me about it. Yeah, be careful with that. Uh, they want to yeah. fire them. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll, I'll have a time. They, they got me a year long booking, so I'm still, I'm still, I'm happy with them. Anyways, um, back, back on topic, real, real quick. Um, so, so the, the big question: How much does this, this technology cost? And like, is there different levels and like mm-hmm. for, for different uses? Yeah. So we're we're totally self service, which is great. So anyone can sign up from one property to a thousand properties um, and set up the system. So. Uh, and then we just have different price tiers depending on how many units are active uh, in the portal. So you purchase the equipment, which ranges from $89 to $109. And then there's a monthly cost that ranges anywhere from 4 to $6 in access point. So, you know, like a typical customer with 10 properties would be paying, you know, 60 bucks a month for the service. And so do you also do a thing like, like the ring doorbell, you know, it's, it's six bucks a month, or if you buy for the whole year, it's only $30. We we haven't done yearly plans yet. We probably will in the future. Right now, the good thing about the monthly is that you only pay for when it's active. So like we have a customer in New England and they're in like in Maine and the houses shut down for seven months of the year, although I think they're extending longer now. Um, So they can just literally deactivate it in the portal and then they'll stop getting charged. So we, we're, I'd say we're very vacation rental manager friendly, or you get a long-term three months lease and you're just going to give them the Wi-Fi password because they shouldn't be using a guest portal because they're a long-term stay. Oh, I can just deactivate stay if I not pay for it and then reactivate it when it becomes short-term again. So we, we, you know, we want to be as flexible as possible so that it fits with anyone that's moving between short, medium, long-term. So the so the eighty nine dollars or the hundred to the hundred and nine dollars for the for the actual hardware. Um, let's say I have I have mm-hmm. like three units in the same apartment complex close to each other. Do I just need to buy one and I could use it for all three? It, that's a big it depends question. Okay. Like how big are the units? What's the building type? We have a long long range access point. Uh, that's the hundred nine dollar one that I would say gives you twenty to thirty percent more coverage than a traditional router. So if your current ISP router kind of works for all three, then getting this device, you could feel pretty confident it would work well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, there's a lot about buildings and the walls that are going to determine how far any Wi-Fi signal extends. The one what? I think you were referring to, like directly across the hall, I think it would work with one. Yeah. The okay. key thing is if you're going to share internet, you just got to make sure that that one subscription like your ISP, AT&T, Comcast, whoever it is, you have high quality internet. Because you can imagine if you have three units and all three are streaming at the same time, you know, it's good if your main ISP connection is fiber or 100 meg plus. Uh, If you're on a bad DSL line and you have three families staying there all trying to stream for their kids, like it could get bad rough if they're all sharing. So Mm. uh, we definitely recommend if you're going to downsize connections, make sure the one that you have is the best that you can get for that, that wherever you're operating. Good to know. Good to know. So Rylan, I guess I got to get back to you because you, you have a hundred listings and I definitely want to know how you got started. So how, how did you get started in the short-term rental space? Oh, um, I, I always say I accidentally started this business. Um, <laughs> it's, I, you know, I used to, ha- I had a condo, I had used to have roommates, you know, that was the way to be able to afford your, your first place. And, um, that was what it was. And you know, then I, I heard about this Airbnb thing and I was like, Hey, let's try this. Let's put, a, 
let's make this one room. It was, uh, this condo has a lock off. So it's like a bedroom. It's like a hotel room that is uh, locked off from the main condo with its own exterior entrance. So it was like, perfect. Let's turn this into an Airbnb, create the listing, take some photos. It just takes off. Like I am making way more money than I ever thought I was going to do. And I was also working a lot more than I ever thought I was going to have to do. Um, you know, turning over that room every day, every other day. And I started trying to, you know, look for some cleaning companies and they're like, Oh, it's a two hour minimum. And, you know, so eventually, you know, then the upstairs neighbor found out I was running this Airbnb and he's like, Oh, Hey, can you run an Airbnb for me? And I'm like, I can barely run mine. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's too busy. So, uh, then I stumbled across some software for mine and, you know, got comfortable with that. And obviously the software is designed for, you know, add as many different listings as you want to. And then I did say to my neighbor, I was like, Hey, I, I can, let's add yours to my system. And, you know, I've got this one cleaner person who can help us out. And, um, that kind of is how it all started. And then, yeah, we just started everybody word of mouth was I was doing this thing and, you know, I was well positioned in this market as there was, there was, you know, some one or two like super old school property management companies that nobody liked, uh, that people just weren't even bothering with listing their properties with these guys. Cause they just, they did, they tried it, but they had a bad experience. They didn't make any money because the fees were too high. So, you know, those old school guys with the 50 to 60% management plans, mm. um, yeah, you don't make any money with that. Uh, bring your own toilet like paper that. and sheets, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and, well, you should, you, Bradley. You should give us some color about the town that you're located in, because it's a. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You know, Fernie's a small town as well. You know, I'm from here. I'm fairly well known as well. It's, that all helps with the whole word of mouth thing. Um, it's a ski town, um, mountain biking, fly fishing. You know, it's about five thousand full time residents. Um, ballooning to you know over ten thousand when it's uh, well with including tourists on peak peak seasons it is a tourist destination um, and yeah we've we've just really taken off with um, yeah up to a hundred listings now we're the largest accommodation provider in Fernie um, you know we have a lot of larger uh, you know three four bedroom condos that you know when you count those and how many you know pillows you have, we, we are bigger than any hotel that exists here. We're a small town. We don't have any, that many big hotels. Um, yeah. So we've just been, uh, you know, dealing with growth for the past four years and um, recognizing where we're having challenges and trying to find solutions, you know, and that's where Stafi really fit into this with um, yeah, the Wi-Fi issues uh, that, my cat is here to visit. Oh, okay. I thought it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's just hope she doesn't get on the keyboard. But uh, yeah, you know, what? I don't know what your ISPs are like in the kind of router access points that they provide, but they're generally horrible up in Canada. Like the ISPs are good. They, they offer solid, we have lots of good fiber here, but the routers were just like dying all the time or needed to be unplugged all the time. And it was, you know, so that's kind of how we started rolling out the Stafi was we, we identified a problem router uh, or the, the Wi-Fi that it's providing. And we just re- 
plug the StayFi unit into the router and it completely solves all the problems. So the problem wasn't with the router, it was actually with the Wi-Fi that it was serving not being as you know uh, commercial grade as the StayFi product is. And yeah, so plugging these in, um, you know, we all have smart devices. Well, a lot of us have smart devices in our Airbnbs um, and we program them all and we set them up to the ISPs, Wi-Fi, weird password thing. And um, then in their router dies and we have to get a new one and then we have to reprogram all the devices. And this goes two ways. You know, Arthur likes to talk. Yes, you can keep that old Wi-Fi network and keep all of your existing configurations to that. Um, and that's, that's an easy way to get started. But now we set everything up on the StayFi. And even if we have to replace the StayFi unit, which we haven't, um, all of the smart devices will continue to work on that with, um, with any device with the same network configurations. So um, yeah, this has been one of the keys to allowing us to grow like we have, reducing our administrative costs um, with our staff support and improving our guest uh, guest experience. And eventually when, uh, when I like my direct booking website better, being able to, um, yeah, really drive more direct bookings uh, with this big email list that we're growing. Wow. I, yeah, I, I, I had to look up where Fernie was. I'm like, I have Airbnbs quite north of you in Canmore in Bank. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Airbnb is there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I had to look. I'm like, oh, Fernie. I didn't know it was, but it, yeah, it's Edmonton, yeah. so it's like right north of you in Canmore and Banff. I have Airbnbs yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah, definitely ski town. Yeah, totally ski town. And oh, yeah. is pretty big. You know, uh, COVID here has been a big plus um, <laughs> for uh, bookings. You know, we are in that outside of the you know Calgary larger mm-hmm. markets, and we just had the busy we have like 95 percent occupancy that we ran all of august and then we ran like 85 percent in september which is starting to get our in our off season and i just looked at october here we are on october 2nd we're already at 60 percent occupancy for this month which is usually like ghost town nobody around and this is uh yeah it's it's been busy and also you're not too far from the what from the border right so people might cross drive over and you know not not right not now, right now. <laughs> that's closed i didn't know. oh yeah it is never mind yeah i mean so that's that's another thing is people in uh canada they basically can't leave the country um you know, without a two-week quarantine when they come back so uh we're getting a ton of new people and you know they they live three hours away but we're getting all these bookings oh i've never been to fernie before um, and so, yeah, it's going to be really important that, you know, this is their first time to Fernie, they're booking with us, we're getting their email addresses, and we're going to turn those into repeat guests with direct Yeah, I'd say, yeah, right now, a lot of our customers, demand's not an issue in their markets. So we just encourage people like, well, you definitely want to make sure while you're at such high occupancy that you're collecting all the information you can, because eventually, you know, hotels will become popular again and uh you'll want to have you know data on everyone that stayed with you during this period so real quick ryan um so you're collecting all this information you you don't have a lot of confidence in your direct booking site yet but are you at least using it like sending them you're sending them emails hey you know come stay with us again you know do you offer them like a discount even though you they'll book through airbnb or whatever are you doing stuff like that um no i mean we we're not, 
we're not doing all the things that I want to do uh, just yet. Our, our direct booking website does work. There's just, especially with, you know, I think the biggest, one of the biggest reasons uh, that I'm not pushing it right now, well, hey, we're running like super high occupancy rates. So we don't really need to, um, but uh, is, um, yeah, there's our direct booking website doesn't have weekly and monthly discounts built in. And that's been a very popular. Um, so it's, it requires a whole bunch of more manual kind of, interaction with them to manually send them a special discount kind of offer and um yeah like arthur says is uh we're we're you know getting ready to be able to you know really push and launch this marketing campaign when when we need to i think is the big one right now micah how could he fix that uh your porter i'll let you do that um but on the flip side when you just said the manual processing I, the, my, my thing I'm trying to figure out with your reporter is when I do get direct bookings, they come in through email and I'm like, okay, I have to set up the code for the, for the, all that. Yeah. That's the one thing Like the person, whoever, some software person out there, if you want to make a lot of money, figure out how to automate direct bookings. It might be Arthur, but I don't know, you know, whoever it is, <laughs> you want to make a lot of money. That's the big thing right now with short-term rentals. And that's, um, you know, doing, I don't do anything unless I know I can do it really well. I think that's, you know, another key to our success is, you know, people, you know, we have a hundred places and we're mobile. Uh, Coffee's always, coffee's been a big challenge. It's like, we can't, and I, I, I don't feel like I can do it right. You know, with, so we just don't do it. We make sure there's good coffee makers there, but you know, I tried to offer coffee and then it was like, Oh, you didn't, there's no cream. And then it's like, okay, well then you got the cream. And then it's like, Oh, there's no tea. And then, Oh, I don't need sweet and low. And so it just turns into this like, <laughs> like okay, of complaints. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, the direct booking thing, I'm not pushing it super hard right now. People are still finding us um, just because of brand awareness, uh, of course, uh, with stay five. Um, that we didn't have before and they are making bookings and you know, the one night stays the three night stays, anything under a week is good. Uh, but yeah, just with not being able to have those monthly discounts or if it's not automated and doesn't fit into the way everything else works, you know, there's a lot of like Airbnb connect for smart locks and then that doesn't work with your direct booking. So it's, yep. so we're just, you know, cautiously kind of wading into this and until we have it like super solid, then we're going to be able to, you know, really start pushing it. But don't don't do it until you know you can do it really well and and stay fight. You know, there. You know, Arthur has been. You know, he's thought, yeah, text marketing. You know, it might we're, we're going to make sure we do it right. And I think that's why he's being successful. He's he's what he does. Uh, he's doing it right. So do y'all do y'all make a mean poutine over there? <laughs> I think that's a Quebec thing, right? Uh, it's Canada wide. You know, yeah, it is. Like potatoes, gravy, and cheese. It's, yeah. Cheese curds. Cheese curds. Squeaky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's delicious. You ever had poutine, uh, Micah? No, I haven't. I'm going to have to go. Next time I'm in, in Canada, I'll have to look into it. Oh, yeah. it's delicious. You gotta. Yeah. Yeah, they, uh, I went to Vancouver one time, and they have all these, you know, it's a walking around city. They had all these little like, poutine cafes, like all kinds of different ones. I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. I'm in poutine heaven. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you said you're – is the, the state Edmonton where you're at? Uh, was the, the province is British Columbia. Uh, we're, we're in the same province as Vancouver. Uh, we're in the Rocky Mountains. We're about – 
an hour north of uh, Whitefish in Montana. Whitefish is a popular ski area in Montana. And yeah, we're about an hour from there and we're another hour from the Alberta border, which is where Calgary and Edmonton are um, in that province. Okay, because that's where they had the, the, the NHL um, playoffs and, um, and um, Stanley yeah. Cup, right? Edmonton, yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm, it, uh, I'm a bad Canadian when it comes to hockey. Oh. <laughs> well, our Dallas Stars were in it for the for the final, so we almost, yeah, we didn't win it all, but we got we got close. So, yeah, Ryland's more of a professional skier, so he can talk about that that career of his life too. So, yeah, it's all I, it's all it's all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're out, um, Arthur. You're out of um, New Orleans, or y'all y'all met in New Orleans? Yeah, we met at the Verma International Conference in New Orleans, uh, which was great. It was super fun. And I think it was one of the last big conferences uh, yeah. before they all got canceled this year. So I'm glad we had that opportunity. Uh, I highly recommend next time. They were going to do it in Florida this year, but obviously they got moved. So hopefully it will be back next year. Yeah, Verma, I missed it. I wanted to go too. It was a good time. And New Orleans is a great, that was a great location to have it. So made a bunch of money though. Cause a lot of those people stayed in my Airbnbs, but yeah, I wanted to go next time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so where are you out of then Arthur? Normally I'm in New York city. Oh. Uh, right now I'm in California, but I'll be back in New York in October. So oh, okay. did you leave New York cause of COVID or you just. Uh, sort of, I did for a while. So um, this was oh. a crazy time. So very crazy time so yeah this has um been a good episode is this is like um i think because we hear a lot about about stay fi and we've had we have guests from the show like one guest in particular um aj anthony uh, i'm sorry uh what's aj's name i don't know aj the one that cuts yards also the one he's always on facebook oh, adam, adam, adam james <laughs> adam johnson adam, adam johnson yeah yeah too many he, yeah. he's getting he's getting like 80 percent of his of his bookings directly and he uses stay correct i think he he's could. A i'm at the point now where i don't know all my customers names like i was really good like the first 150 i knew everyone i knew all their problems i spoke to all of them but now we're getting to the point where i'm like yeah I, probably yeah so, that's a good problem yeah no i mean it was <laughs> inevitable so you know like as rylan said like our whole philosophy is if you're going to do it, you have to do it well and you have to research the user, the property manager so that it works well for them. So we don't just like throw stuff out into the ether and see how it sticks. And I see that I've worked with a lot of other software companies in the vacation rental space, property management systems. Not all of them I would say are uh, so diligent when they release new features. So Mm. We like to be take a more conservative approach and really understand the user experience, both the guest and the property manager, so that it works well for them. And I agree with you. I really think the idea of StayFi was just genius on your part, you know, because, I mean, that was one thing we've been talking about on this podcast. Okay, we got to go direct. Everything got canceled. How do we collect guest information? We can't do it through Airbnb. And you know, people were thinking of text. I had signed up for slick text. And then I ran into Betsy. She told me about this. I'm like, this is pure genius. And I, the very next day, I think I had talked to you. Or it wasn't very, even very quickly after. Yeah. yeah we, we like it. Like the core product needs to be simple. Like the simplicity of the splash page is easy. And then it's kind of like layering on those. Let's help 
you do some drip campaigns, so automate email marketing, or then, then we'll layer on some automated texting. But the core product and like the value we deliver has to be straightforward, super easy to install, you know, takes five minutes to set up in the house. And then, then we value on some extra add-ons to like kind of boost your direct marketing. So I have a question. You you had mentioned other um, companies that that cater to the short-term rental market. And one that comes to mind, and we've had the CEO on the show, founder, uh, Turnover B&B. Are you familiar with them? Yeah. Ryland, don't you use them? Yeah, I was one of their first uh, customers, actually. Um, And yeah, Asaf and Turnover B&B are, I could not run 100 listings with them. (laughs) There's no way. Uh, it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I can't speak more highly. It was great when it was free back in the day, but I'm, uh, <laughs> everything is right now. Um, yeah. And they've actually created a new, new kind of spin-off software called Tescuro. It's made for, it's what I believe is the first ever company or software for cleaning companies. There isn't a specific software for cleaning companies. And so they've kind of built this based on their turnover BNB platform. And it actually has now given me the idea and enabled me to launch a cleaning company. I just did that last week, uh, ferniecleaning.ca, and we're using Tuscuro. We're doing residential cleans, commercial cleans. Um, I just kind of had that aha moment of, um, you know, I always had people coming to me, other independent Airbnb operators or, or otherwise going, Hey, I heard you do cleaning. Can you do cleaning? I was like, no way. We only do our cleaning for our clients. And then, you know, it was it's a little bit quieter now. And the, so the same day I have somebody asking me, hey, do you have cleaners who can do cleaning? I tell them no. And then my cleaners are going, hey, it was not as much work as there was in August. And I kind of went, wait a minute. <laughs> you can <laughs> sit in the middle of that transaction. Yeah. Yeah. I can be in the middle of that. And uh, yeah. So turnover BNB and Tuscuro. Um, how does Tuscuro work? Because now you get got my light bulb going off. What's that? <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's pretty beta software right now, but um, essentially, it's it's more. Uh, it's not va- not for. We don't use it to manage our vacation rental stuff. We still use Turnover BNB for that, but it allows you to um, assign tasks to employees. Where Turnover BNB is more kind of. Um, scheduling cleans with uh, more subcontractor cleaners kind of style where you pay them through turnover BNB. So this one's more like you have, you have staff, you assign them tasks for the day and uh, yeah. So you already have this infrastructure uh, for your, you know, cleaners in your Airbnb company. And then why not start offering those services if you're in a, if you have the capacity to um, yeah, other cleaning needs. How do you how do you spell Tuscuro? I'm actually interested in that. Yeah, task URO. Task URO. Okay. I, I'm, yeah, because I'm really interested in that. that that's interesting because yeah. uh, my last our last episode, I, I've been having a high cleaner turnover with turnover B and B due to different issues. Um, so yeah, I definitely look into something like that. Task URO, and you're saying because that's what I really want is a cleaning company. You yeah, know, they can have they let them rotate out their own cleaners. You know, I, I'm, I'm sick. That's of what that. I want too. Exactly. Uh, you know, that didn't exist, so I had to create it. There you go. I like. That. I'm actually. I mean, I hate to hijack this, but uh, I'm. I'm gonna set it. I didn't want to be a traditional cleaning company that has all this bad turnover, and you know, traditional cleaning companies 
the model is to make money off the backs of your cleaners and, you know, pay them peanuts and charge top dollar to your clients. And it just drives your cleaners to do a crappy job. They don't care. They take their time. They, you know, bank their hours. Um, so I didn't want that. Like this doesn't work. All the cleaning companies that exist, they all get bad reviews because the employees don't care. And so we're going to turn this into a cleaner owned company and any profits that the company makes is going to go to the cleaners. And so they have a vested interest in um, making sure that it's, it's going to do well and they do a good job. That's a beautiful thing. Smart. And, so, and Riley, you should come back again and you could do a whole podcast on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we only launched, well, we launched a week ago and we have like six, six cleaning projects already. At, you know, our cleaners have uh, been thrown into some move last minute move out cleans. Uh, <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah. Different work. But I'm like, I just remind them, I'm like, yeah, that's, you get paid by the hour. So get it done. <laughs> so I, I, the reason I brought up the, the turnover BNB particularly, because I, I, when we interviewed us off, excuse me, I had, I had a conversation with him actually um, later, later on. And, um, and, and he and he said one of his one of his um oh, what's it called regrets was was naming his company Turnover BNB because it kind of tied him just to the short term industry you know really strongly you know and it's hard to like expand from there yeah and I see your your name's Stayfy so that's I mean that's you know you, that you, that's flexible but did, and do you have any do you, I mean is there any other like ways that you're going to use your your technology outside of the STR world. Yeah, vert. Yeah, vertical creep. Uh, dangerous stuff to play with. So, <laughs> I'd say there are other companies that do guest Wi-Fi, and they vertically specialize. I say there's generalists and there's specialists in this industry, and there's companies that specialize in restaurants and cafes, or hotels, or stadiums. You know, doing a deployment in an airport obviously super different than a vacation rental. So. We really want to be specialized in short-term rentals because um, that's how we're going to drive additional value through extra tools. Um, there are generalist. We do have competitors, and I say they're all generalist products, and they're typically way more expensive because it's like could be for a restaurant or a home, and there's a lot more volume in a restaurant, right? Uh, and the tools are generic, and they're not going to be built for property managers. Typically, they're also much more technically difficult to use because you could have like an IT person in like an office building as opposed to a vacation rental. So for us, uh, short-term rentals is the name of the game. And I feel like if we ever did in the future launch a different vertical, it would be in a different brand, even if some of the core technology was the same. Okay, cool. And so let's pretend like... um... I'm Airbnb and I'm calling you. Hey, uh, Arthur, uh, Arthur, I like your product. Uh, we want to buy it for $10 million. What do you say? <laughs> Airbnb? Airbnb's uh, calling you. Probably you would know, not. No. You wouldn't sell it for $10 million? Sell it. No. To the enemy? <laughs> you, I don't think. You get why I'm asking it's you It's too that. early. It's too, yeah, I get it. It's too, too early. Too early for that. Cause they, yeah, get rid of this thing, this pesky thing that's losing them customers. Throw yeah, no. Throw ten million bucks at them. Get get rid of them. You know. The way the way I view our business, if in the future we were strategically acquired, I think it would be by a larger software company that's doing 
kind of like the roll up that just happened with like Streamline and Blue Tent and all those people. Um, Cause it like vertically would better integrate with like marketing services, website services. Right. And we in the future might launch those types of services. So I think it's a natural fit in uh, that type of a business. Yeah. But I'm, I guess my, what I was getting at is Airbnb yeah. just wants to buy you to get rid of you. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think Airbnb cares about me. So not I'm yet. not, I, Brian Chesky, right? It's not, uh, I don't think I'm, he's staying up at night worrying about Wi-Fi, guest Wi-Fi email collection. Okay. <laughs> I hope he's, he has bigger problems. So I'm yeah, just worried yes. about those. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's one more thing that I, Arthur didn't talk about, StayFi. Um, it's something that I want to set up is uh, guidebooks. Do you guys use guidebooks, like digital guidebooks in your, at all? I need I to start. I, I don't. I, I need to start. And so uh, Arthur showed me something that he was doing with uh, one of his clients uh, who has, I can't remember what they use, the Hostfully or Touch, something? Touch Stay. Touch Stay, yeah. And Touch Stay, Hostfully, Rubaru yeah. are the three main ones that we come across the most. So this is something that I want to do, but again, I want to do it right. Um, and I haven't figured out how to do that yet. But um, I'm motivated more to do it because of the way that I see how it could work in uh, with StayFi is that you know when somebody logs in to StayFi it, at the unit that they're in, you can have it set up so it automatically redirects to that unit's uh, digital guidebook with all of the stuff that they need for how to use the TV and all this, where to go for lunch and um, and Arthur, I don't, you can probably speak about how your customers. Yeah, that kind of like the ideal scenario that we're building towards. So right now, let's say you use TouchDay, which is a popular product. You'll, each home's guidebook has a unique URL, and it has all the information you need about the house. It may even have value-add services that you sell if you're interested in doing that. Um, and so every guest, after they log into the Wi-Fi, will get redirected. Then we've actually helped that particular company set up uh, email automation in MailChimp where each guest's welcome email, the dynamic URL for that house's guest book will get inserted into that email. So everyone gets an email as well after they log in with the guest book URL because for most, for them, for instance, they only send the guest book to the booker. If they have a party of 10 people and the booker went to the grocery store, the other nine people can't access the touch day guide. And so it's kind of useless. Uh, and then they end up calling the management company when they have questions. So we want to make sure everyone in the house has access to the book super easily. And then ideally in the future, that would be one of those things that we would look to, hey, we could set up a text message trigger too and trigger the link because that is actually super valuable information. We would love to text to every guest after logging in. I nice. like that. I actually really like that because right now my splash page takes them to my website, but it would be cool if I had a splash page. Hey, you can go look at, here's our other properties. And then, Hey, here's the guidebook for where you are. I, I like that idea. Yeah. I don't want to give away too many secrets, but uh, next week we're launching, it's called the success page. So when you log in, it will redirect you to your website, but starting next week, uh, when you log in, it will redirect you to a success page that you can edit. So you can have the button for here's the guidebook, here's the website. And then we also going to have like follow on Instagram where it will push you out to follow on Instagram and the app. And then they can go back into the browser and go to the website. So we'll have all that, that fun kind of more social it. media integration coming. Yeah. 
I love it. Well, this has been a great show, man. We'd like to thank you all for hopping on. Um, so first, Arthur, where can people find you? People can find us at stayfi.com, S-T-A-Y-F-I.com. Uh, and they also can email me at Arthur at stayfi.com. Um, yeah. And the way, you know, if people want to sign up and try StayFi, the first, there's no monthly cost for the first device. So if you buy a device for 89 bucks, there's no monthly cost for using it. So really anyone can try the service, deploy it in a home. And if you only have one property, then good for you. You can just use it for free. So, uh, no, we really just want to get the product in people's hands. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, Rylan, where can folks find you and stay in your cool cabins up there? Or not, they're not, they're, they're just not cabins. What are they? Oh, we got it all. We got condos. <laughs> we got single family homes. <laughs> We're going to have tiny homes. Uh, you can check out ferniedirect.ca. Yeah, come stay with us. Ferniedirect.ca. And, um, and you, you're going to make them a mean poutine, right, Rylan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's something we can do right well thanks no coffee for but you get poutine right? anybody who mentions uh the live and let thrive podcast that books with us will get a free poutine with their stay oh all right nice. there we go see now i'm about to advertise you man so hey go to stay in fernie and uh you know get your free poutine <laughs> well thanks for hopping on any more questions for him micah that was it, man. Thanks for hopping on. I really think your product's great. Uh, Ryland, we might have to get you back just so we can shoot some Airbnb, you know, 100-unit questions at you, man. So Yeah. Oh, good to share some. Maybe you get a couple guys like me, and we can all share share some ideas. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank all you right. so much. Yeah, thanks. See y'all later. You LLT out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.